Hey, it's Curious City digital and engagement producer Maggie Civit. And today on the show, we're answering a question about the law. In Chicago, citizens can introduce legislation into city council. How is this done? What laws have been passed this way? That's Matt Owens. And Matt is someone who's had some experience trying to change the way things get done in the city. And actually, he's right. There's a little-known power that all Chicagoans have. People like you, to propose city ordinances. Well, sort of. It, it doesn't, there's not really a concrete procedure. It's probably more of a phantom right than an actual right. That's what we're talking about this week. And we've got an expert to guide us through the whole thing. WBEZ city politics reporter Claudia Morell. She's spent a lot of time covering city council meetings. Like, she's watched more than a thousand hours of these meetings. And she knows her way around the rules. And there are a lot of rules. Coming up, legislation from the ground up. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Hey, it's Claudia. Matt Owens is a civil rights attorney and community organizer in Chicago. A while back, he was doing some organizing work around police reform with the Grassroots Alliance for Police Accountability, or GAPA. It's a coalition of dozens of community groups that worked on a police reform ordinance giving civilians more say in police policy. It took them over two years to draft their proposal. And when the coalition was ready to share their draft with aldermen, Matt went on the city clerk's website to get the lay of the land, figure out what would be next in the legislative process. And I came across language indicating that citizens could introduce legislation into city council. And I'm a a bit of a (laughs) civic engagement nerd, so I, I found the idea pretty interesting. Interesting because maybe this could help with GAPA's effort on police reform. There's been a lot of disappointment among activists with how police accountability has been handled by Mayor Lightfoot. You know, Mayor Lightfoot ran on police accountability. It was one of her central campaign promises. And so I think activists were asking, you know, it's been two years. Why hasn't Mayor Lightfoot delivered on this campaign promise? Mayor Lightfoot says she's working on reform, but Matt and his fellow organizers wondered. Could citizen legislation be an alternative way to push police reform through the city council and even beyond police reform? Could this be an effective way to get things done in Chicago? But beyond those few lines on the city website, Matt couldn't figure out how this process actually works. So he came to Curious City. Now, before we get into citizen lawmaking, let's go over the basics. 
Here's how laws are normally passed through city council. New business. The clerk will call the wards beginning with the first. First, an ordinance is filed with the city clerk's office, usually by someone in government, an alderman, a department head, or the mayor. Then the proposed piece of legislation is introduced at the monthly city council meeting. Mr. Chairman, item number four on the on the agenda is an author- a substitute ordinance to amend. Right here, an ordinance authorizing the execution of. The- then the ordinance is sent to one of 19 council committees. For example, an ordinance for a zoning change would go to the zoning committee. Items related to the police department go to the public safety committee, and so on. Good morning, everyone. Your Committee on Transportation and Public Way will now come to order. And the chairman of these committees, they have a lot of power. Have a very quick agenda. They can decide if the proposed ordinance will get a committee hearing or if it'll just be stuck on a shelf never to be heard from again. But let's say the ordinance does get a committee hearing. This is where the debate happens. We've been discussing it for a long time, and we're... Alderman Smith, you made a motion and called for roll call. Sometimes it gets heated. Then let me... But but no. I need to clarify something, because what she's saying right now... I said no, we are on... Sometimes it moves dreadfully slow. Is that a requirement for the project, to, to acquire property? Hello? Oh, I'm... The information that we have on the record. After the committee has discussed the ordinance, they usually vote on it. And if they decide to pass it, it goes to the full city council for a final vote. Madam Clerk, call the roll. Alderman Hopkins. Alderman Dow. If it's approved by a majority of the city council, the ordinance becomes part of the municipal code. Eyes are 47, the nays are zero. Now, it's law. Now, exactly how long this process takes depends on the type of legislation. For example, the infamous parking meter deal of 2008. You know, the one where the city council agreed to lease all of its parking meters to private investors for 75 years in exchange for $1.2 billion? That took about a month. Compare that with another ordinance like the Civilian Police Accountability Council, or CPAC. It's a plan that would establish an elected board of civilians to oversee police policy and rule on cases of police misconduct. That ordinance was introduced in 2016, shortly after the Laquan McDonald video release. Since then, there's been more than a dozen hearings, it's been rewritten multiple times, and there still hasn't been a vote. Bottom line? Lawmaking can be a long bureaucratic process, mostly steered by aldermen and government officials. So you can understand why Matt, our question asker, is interested in finding a way around all this. So I started making calls to see how it works. My first call was to the city clerk's office, where I talked to Trishana Nolan. T-R-E-S-H-O-N-N-A. Nolan is the spokesperson for the city clerk. And she says, yes, citizens can introduce their own ordinances, but... It's just not a very, um, it's not a common occurrence because it's just beneficial for a community organization or a resident to work with their alderman directly. Which makes sense, right? If you want to push something through city council, it helps to have an alderman in your corner. But Nolan says citizen legislation isn't just uncommon. It, it doesn't, there's not really a concrete procedure. She says there isn't really a roadmap or any rules for how citizens can do this. And she seems to be right. There's nothing in the municipal code or the rules of procedure 
That's the guidebook for the city council. So I called up a former alderman, Joe Moore. He served as an alderman for 28 years, and he was one of those all-powerful committee chairs. He also used this process himself back in the 90s before he was elected to the city council. So if anyone would know about citizen introductions, it would be him. Have you looked on their website? Yeah, I did. It's right there on the website. City clerk website. It says right there on the website, uh, you know, citizens could submit uh, submit ordinances. As I'm sitting next to my uh, my computer, so let's see if I can find it right away. It's, let's see. You go. Um, let me see if this is where it was. Hmm. I did see it. Oh. Well, I mean, I, I can look for it. Um, yeah, it, 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 it is definitely on there. Eventually, I find it nestled in one sentence on the city clerk's website. Quote, legislation may be introduced by the mayor or the executive departments, by one or more aldermen, by a city council committee, or by a citizen through the city clerk's office. That's it. So why is it so hard to find information on this? Well, current and former employees of the clerk's office told me, on background, none of them wanted to be named for this story, that it's a very, very sensitive topic. They don't advertise it because, one, they don't want to open the floodgates, and two, any ordinance introduced from a citizen is technically filed as coming from the city clerk's office. And the clerk is supposed to be a records-keeping job, one where you don't make waves by having your name on ordinances demanding things like term limits or salary cuts for elected officials. So given the lack of public information around citizen introductions, it's hard to imagine that many citizens actually know about it, which lines up with what Nolan at the city clerk's office told me. It's just not a common occurrence. They are wrong. They are wrong. This is former Governor Pat Quinn. Right here. And he says citizen legislation isn't that rare. No. Even though the process is somewhat shrouded in secrecy, word has a way of getting around. How I found out about it, I think it, it might have been some alderman telling me way back when. Since then, he's introduced legislation as a citizen several times, before and after he was governor. And it turns out, he's not the only one. I did some digging on Legistar. That's the website where the city clerk lists all the city council meetings and the items they'll be voting on. And I found 37 cases of citizen-led ordinances. Now, keep in mind, Legistar only goes back to 2010, so to find examples before that, I'd have to comb through old transcripts of city council meetings, and those are thousands of pages per meeting. So, Legistar it is. Okay, so right now I am going on Legistar. Have it bookmarked, of course. Oh, this one's interesting. Exemption from physical barrier requirement for commercial. Several of the ordinances were related to redistricting. Blah, blah, blah. Whereas permanent. A bunch were about signage. Blah, 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 blah. And then there was a mix of other stuff. 
Blah, blah, blah. In 2012, a taxi driver introduced an ordinance to increase cab fares. Following proposals and petition for a Chicago taxi cab fare increase. Someone else introduced an ordinance that would change the rules around issuing parking tickets. This is regarding ticketing cars without proof. Then there was one to set term limits for aldermen. No more than two four-year terms in office. And another banning styrofoam takeout containers from street carts and restaurants. And then in parentheses it says, That one was actually introduced by a group of elementary schoolers with the help of Pat Quinn. Cool. I found others too. And the one thing they all had in common, according to Legistar, none of these ordinances passed. When I told Pat Quinn and Joe Moore that I couldn't find any examples of successful citizen ordinances, neither seemed surprised, given the way city council is organized and the way legislation gets passed. There are many steps in the process, and it can get pretty technical. But what you need to know is, it really pays to be an alderman, so you can be in the room and make sure your proposal actually gets a vote. So citizens are kind of at a disadvantage. But Pat Quinn has an idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He tells me there should be a signature requirement. If a citizen gets enough signatures in support of their ordinance, say five or 10,000. That's a substantial number. It indicates a lot of people are paying attention to something. Once that happens, then I think that any alderman should say, well, this is worthy of attention and it's worthy of voting on. And Quinn says that would be in line with the true spirit of democracy. The idea that democracy is sort of a closely held process by insiders, uh, that's not so healthy. You should always have a safety valve where if the insiders are not paying attention to something, uh, then the voters have a way to go. Coming up, one citizen tries to do exactly that. I submitted it to the city clerk's office. No help from nobody. I did it all myself. That's after the break. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Okay, so citizens can introduce ordinances in Chicago, but it's a complicated, little-known process, and it's hard to keep your proposal alive after you submit it. Former Governor Pat Quinn says signatures could help citizen introductions get the attention of lawmakers. But remember earlier I mentioned the ordinance to raise cab fares? Well, the taxi driver who introduced that is a guy named Ted Bazinski. And he actually tried to do what Quinn is suggesting. He got a bunch of signatures in support. I single-handedly, you know, collected 1,500 signatures from cab drivers who were working. Bazinski wanted two things, to increase taxi fares and to boost the fee taxi drivers could charge if people got sick in the car. When they start barfing in the cab, why can't we charge them? Bazinski wanted to charge $100 for barfing. That's closer to the amount limo drivers got at the time. But when he introduced it, the clerk's office tried to invalidate the signatures he collected. You know, saying that some of the signatures are duplicated, and some of them had revoked licenses. And I, and I, I said, that's a lot of garbage. I don't believe that. 
After a few tries, Bazinski says the fair increase eventually got a hearing, but no one, not the mayor or anyone on the council, was in support of increasing taxi fares. And I complained. I said, you know, when the city council wants a raise, they give themselves one and it passes. But when we want a raise, they say no. So even with signatures, Bazinski's ordinance faced a lot of hurdles. And in the end, it failed to pass. And that, folks, is what I learned about the power citizens have to introduce legislation. Yes, it's possible. But once you file an ordinance with the clerk's office, there's no guarantee it will go anywhere. You have no ability to steer the legislation. And it's likely to just languish. So I went back to Matt Owens, our question asker, and I told him what I learned. I sort of suspected this, (laughs) to be honest. But he says he wishes things were different because he thinks our democracy could use it. If people understood the process and could see that it actually works, they'd be more likely to get involved. My general philosophical view is that good governance results from transparency and civic engagement. And I don't think people are apathetic about government at baseline. I think they're apathetic because they feel like they have no power. I feel I think they're apathetic because they feel like their voice doesn't matter in the operation of government. Despite all that, Matt thinks it's still a good thing this power exists, even if, for the moment, it's not very effective. You know, I still think it's a nice idea, the symbol of what city government could be. Thanks so much to Claudia Morell for her reporting on this episode. While citizens might have some trouble introducing legislation at city council, here at Curious City, democracy reigns. We've got a new voting round, and we'd love for you to weigh in and help us decide which question we should answer next. Head to wbez.org slash curious vote. Today's episode was produced by Stephen Jackson and Joe Dassault and edited by Alexandra Solomon. Monica Ng is our reporter and Natalie Dahlia is our intern. Curiosity is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. I'm Maggie Civit. Thanks for listening. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.